0: Well, we're going to get our Bibles open to Ruth chapter 4. If we could, boy, we are not that prayer time is wasted, but we don't have much time here, so let's get right to it. I'm going to talk fast. Uh, talking comes very natural to me. My dad was a preacher, my mom was a woman, so talking comes very natural. Uh, if you listen fast, I'll talk fast. <laughs> if you say things fast enough, then people miss it, like comparing yourself to a cigar. I've never heard that before either, but you know, people do it, I've heard. Ruth chapter 4, and uh, we are getting into the redemption part of the story of Ruth uh, four times, or five times actually, five different words are used uh, to about redemption, redeeming, buy, biased, uh, bought, purchased. All these words are used in these first few verses, uh, actually eight times. And so uh, we're going to look at this. Uh, where, where we left off last time was when the kinsman redeemer, the closer kinsman redeemer, has declined buying the, uh, purchasing the land. Uh, let's look, read a couple of verses here, and we'll just jump right in. Then went Boaz up to the gate, sat him down there, verse 1. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, and to him who said he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here, and you turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here, and they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is, come again out of the country of Moab selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, tell then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Now, what we're going to focus on tonight, uh, where we left off last time, is I want you to notice in verse 4 here, he hasn't mentioned Ruth. He just mentioned the land. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi? Thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. So now he mentions Ruth. He gets a yes, then he mentions Ruth, and the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Father, I pray you'd help us in these next few minutes. Uh, get something out of this passage to be a help to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in buying the property for Naomi, he also needed to marry Ruth. This is the marriage we've been talking about. Uh, Marry Ruth, raise up seed through Ruth. That that was to keep alive the name of Malon, her first husband. Uh, This, When he heard of his marrying obligation to buying the land, he suddenly lost all interest. He seemingly wants nothing to do with Ruth. Now, it's interesting here that it's not only after he offers the land, agrees to take the land, Boaz offers, or then brings the lever marriage into it. Now, there's been some criticism of Boaz by some, but uh, we've been seeing over and over how he wanted uh, everything to be untainted in this marriage to Ruth. He did not want anything to seem, remember, he didn't have to take this to this kinsman redeemer in the first place. He could have made it happen for himself, but he wants everything to be above board. He doesn't want anybody to say later that he manipulated things in order to marry Ruth. So Boaz made it very easy for the kinsman to show interest in the land. Then after he said yes to the land, he told him about Ruth. You see, after the kinsman already agreed to the land the first part of the bargain, then it would be actually more likely that he would go ahead and take Ruth. If Ruth was offered at first, then he could accuse Boaz of using Ruth to keep him from he want, what he wanted to buying the land. And so maybe it would look like Boaz was using Ruth to get the chance to buy the property. So anyway, Boaz makes it very hard for him to turn down the land. He made it easy for the kinsman to buy the land and then go ahead and take Ruth anyway. This is a big risk. We talked about this last time. We know what Boaz wanted. He wanted Ruth. He loved her. Uh, he he desperately wanted to marry her. But he goes and and goes through all these steps to make sure it's proper and it was a risk. And and the way he did it here made it even a bigger risk that he would lose Ruth. Like Elijah, who poured water on the altar in Mount Carmel, made it harder for the fire to come. Like Gideon, who put his fleece sign out both ways to make it harder to get his way. Like Hezekiah, when given the option of the sun going forward or backward. Remember what he said? 2 Kings 20.10, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backward 10 degrees. He wanted it to be harder uh, to go his way. So Boaz is making getting Ruth as difficult as possible so that if he did gain Ruth, no one could accuse him of any unfair practices. I believe that's the explanation of how he did it here. The lesson for us is clear. If we want God's blessing, the last thing we need to do is connive or manipulate to get them. Even when it's difficult to do the right thing, we need to still do the right thing. If being honest and upright Seems to jeopardize our blessing. Be honest and upright anyway. God will come through in the end. When the blessing does come, then you know, above any shadow of a doubt, it's God that did it. And we see this in the story of Ruth and Boaz. Thinks it's a blessing. You'll never, uh, you'll not have dishonored God above men to get what you wanted. And we never want that to be. Look at uh, verse six. He proclaims his aversion here, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou thy, my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. So the nearer kinsman announced, by the way, in front of witnesses here, his aversion to redeeming the land. He left no doubt, I cannot redeem it for myself. There was, no, uh, there, there was a clear refusal here. It was adamant. His aversion was obvious here in marrying Ruth. He wanted nothing to do with her. By the way, he's making a tragic mistake here, yet he's steadfast in his folly. I think it's interesting how people often take foolish positions, but they remain steadfast in their foolish positions and almost proud of it. But uh, look at the sham here in in what he's saying. I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. That word, Hebrew word translated mar, means to decay, to ruin, to corrupt, to destroy. The nearer kinsman claimed that in marrying Ruth, he would ruin his own estate and name. That was not true. Uh, He simply did not want to share his possessions with her. Marrying Ruth would mean that he would have to spend his own wealth to care for Ruth. Redeeming Elimelech's land would have to be left in the name of Ruth's former husband. And and of course, any children that came from him, uh, from this union, also he would have to support. So, He's looking, really, at the dollars and cents probably more than he is spiritually here. Marrying Ruth was not unprofitable. Boy, Boyaz found that out, didn't he? Ruth, Ruth, uh, they ended up in the line of Christ. And uh, that was a big blessing there. It would have given him tremendous blessing that money can't buy. No one comes up short when they include Christ in their life. And that's what he was giving up here. He didn't know it at the time, but that's essentially what he was giving up. There are often times that we do not know the spiritual blessings that are in store for us if we just continue to make right decisions and do the right thing. The truth is we sacrifice them when we live selfishly. And, you know, I, I don't know whatever happened to this guy afterwards, but he probably lived the rest of his life never knowing what this cost him, never knowing what could have been his had he done the right thing. How many spiritual blessings do we sacrifice we don't even know about it because of wrong decisions. The problem with the nearer kinsman is he wanted the land, but not the lady. He wanted the property, not the person. He wanted the real estate, but not Ruth. And this illustrates a worldly principle that the substance is more important than the soul. Jesus made that real clear. He says, what doth it profit a man when he gain the whole world, yet lose his own soul? But the world puts emphasis on the material, not the spiritual. It enthusiastically grabs for the land, but it doesn't want to uh, put up with the responsibility of it. When you include the soul, they suddenly become uninterested. Now, redeem. look at the substitution here. Redeem thou my right to thyself. So the nearer kinsman gave up his rights to Boaz. By the way, he never gave up more than he gave up right here. He was like Esau when he gave up his birthright, thinking only materially, selfishly. Different values in these two men. You see the values in Boaz, you see the values in this man here. And uh, of course, so it is with the world and the believer. The world scorns what the believer values. The world hates what the believer loves. Don't be surprised as a Christian if your interests often run opposite of the world around you. This is the way it should be, by the way. Our interests should be higher than worldly interests. And look at the selfishness. I cannot redeem it for myself. Redeem thou thy right to thyself. The expression for myself and for thyself are significant here. He doesn't hide the fact that he has his own interests in, in sight here. That's all he was really concerned about. And he likewise assumes that Boaz feels the same way. He says, redeem it for thyself, thy right to thyself. Have you ever noticed that People usually expect from you what they are guilty of. Gossips expect that you gossip about them. Uh, thieves expect everybody stealing from them. And uh, whatever people are guilty of themselves, they usually put on other people. He didn't know that in Boaz was something a lot greater than what was in him. It was more than selfishness. He had a love that First Corinthians thirteen five describes—one that seeketh not her own. That's the kind of love that Boaz had. Boaz knew that marrying Ruth would increase his expenses. Diminish his inheritance, but he was willing to share because of his great love for Ruth. The kinsman, verse eight, said to Boaz, "Buy it for thee." So he drew off his shoe. Now, this is a practice they had. Different cultures have different practice. We sign today before a notary and we sign contracts. But uh, some—does anybody still shake hands today? I don't know if anybody still operates on a handshake. But in the book of Ruth, we have another practice. Uh, it involved a person's shoes. Morrison said, said it this way, he who sold land or surrendered his right to act as a kinsman in buying land, intimated by the symbolical act of taking off his shoe and handing it to whom he was making the transaction, that he freely gave up his right to walk upon the soil in favor of the person who had acquired the possession. So that he's drawing off his shoe, giving it to Boaz and taking off this shoe, by the way, He gave up the opportunity to be in the line of Christ. Uh, And we are really, we do no better today. We, in our day, we still give up our shoes in areas in which we ought to stand our ground. Uh, We're letting evil cower us into thinking more and more, uh, giving up more and more spiritual and moral ground. Homosexuals, abortionists, casinos, and we could go on down the list of evils of the day uh, seem to take more and more land keep, keep just simply saying keep our shoes on morally speaking let's not give those things up look at the acquiring here in the redemption with the refusal of the nearer kinsman boaz could now get both and he did it quickly now boaz and the nearer kinsman we're going to use to picture the contrast between law and grace The nearer kinsman was like the law in that the law cannot redeem the soul. The law cannot save lest it mar the holiness of the law. The law can't save because none of us could keep the law. And so Boaz represents divine grace, which unlike the law can redeem. Now in this section, we're going to look at a number of illustrations of the work of the gospel. And that's one of the things that Ruth is so, that the book of Ruth is so beautiful in. Look at verse four. There is none to redeem it beside thee and I am after thee. To acquire the property of Ruth, Boaz had to, and Ruth, I should say, acquire the property and Ruth, Boaz had to be kinsman of the property, uh, and the he had the kinsman of the owner of the property, I should say, which was Limelech. And we've seen this truth, Leviticus 25, if thy brother be waxen poor, and have sold away some of his possession, if any of his kin come to redeem it, he shall redeem that which his brother sold. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to see this illustrated in Christ because this idea of being a kinsman illustrates the necessity of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Before Christ could redeem us from sin, he had to first come to earth and be born into the human race. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. The incarnation of Christ was absolutely necessary for him to be qualified to redeem mankind. We see that picture here in the kinsman, redeemer, uh, the, the illustration. Look at the price of redemption. I have bought all that was a and and this is verse 9, back in Ruth 4. I bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilean's and Malan's of the hand of Naomi. All that was Elimelech's, all that was Malan and Chilean's would would cost plenty. The specific price isn't stated, but it doesn't need to be for us to realize. We're talking about a great deal of money probably here. It was an inheritance of a family. And in taking Ruth, he also uh, increased his expenditures. Wives don't come cheap. Amen? I mean that respectfully. Uh, and and w- when you marry a wife, it increases your expenses. Uh, it's just a fact of life. Now, if you have a wife like mine, it's worth every penny. Amen? Uh, then with marriage comes children. And more expenses come. Now, children certainly don't come cheap. And I guess the jury's still out whether that's all worth it. But anyway... Uh, Neither one of them. This is all going to incur expenses. But Boaz was able to pay the price. You remember in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1, it says he, was a, he was a great man of wealth, so he was able to take care of this. Ruth was not able to redeem herself. She was a stranger. She was in poverty. She did not have the wherewithal to bring about her redemption. But Boaz, because of his great riches, could redeem her. And the land. I mean, do you see the gospel all over this story? Regarding the redemption of the soul, the price is so great that people are totally unable to redeem themselves. Every single one of us are unable. No man has the riches to pay for a soul's redemption. Psalm chapter 49 verse 6. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give God a ransom for him. There's no way any of us could buy our own redemption that comes through Christ. But praise God, Jesus Christ can pay the price. It says in 1 Peter 1.18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold for your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of the lamb without blemish and without spot. Because... Of his blood, Christ can take us out of spiritual poverty and make us spiritually rich. What a blessing. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, You know of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might become rich. And this is a great principle that we see in the book of Rush. She couldn't do it herself. She had a kinsman redeemer that did it for her. Look at verse 9. Boaz said unto the elders and all the people, "You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, all that was Chilean's and Malian's at the hand of Naomi. We've seen continually, and I, it seems like I'm beating a dead horse when I keep saying it, but he's, he's trying to be proper. He does everything proper. It's one of the things I really respect about Boaz. I like people who do things properly, and he did so every step of the way. He makes this statement to uh, the witnesses, and it's another testimony to the fact Boaz wanted no taint on his marriage with Ruth. Now salvation is also done according to the law. The law cannot save us, but the law, but salvation does not break the law to save us. Boaz did everything properly, and so does our redemption come properly. Romans 3.21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 31 of Romans 3, Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. The law requires that sin be punished. God didn't wipe that away. Instead, he allowed his son to be punished for us. The law was then fulfilled in Jesus Christ. When men received Jesus Christ as Savior, when you did and when I did, our sin was punished in Jesus Christ. The salvation of our soul. Is never God winking at sin or ignoring it. He just punished another person instead of us. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, it's not I'm saying I'm glad it happened. You know what I'm saying? It's a blessing. We don't, because we can't pay for it. The passion for the redemption. That's where we're going to pick it up next time. Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of Malan, whom I have purchased to be my wife, the driving force of Boaz for all his redemption was his love for Ruth. And that's what makes this story so great, the book of Ruth. is not a calloused rescue by Boaz uh, of Ruth and Naomi from their poverty because, of, because he felt like he had to. It was a rescue motivated by a tender heart because he had fallen in love with Ruth. How wonderfully that pictures our spiritual redemption. It's motivated by love too, a great love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Galatians 2:20, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me." Ephesians 5:2, Christ also hath loved us and gave himself for us. Ephesians 5:25 also Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And these three verses in Christ's love all ended up with Christ giving himself for us. that great love, that's what by the way, great love does. Boaz gave of himself, gave of his goods, You think he was worried one bit about marring his inheritance? Not at all, because he was motivated by love to do all that he did. So what a great picture of salvation for us too, amen? What the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Okay.